from the kids to Aunt Sue. Keep your whole family connected on all their devices with crowd-pleasing gig-speed internet from Xfinity. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit today. Restrictions apply. Actual speed vary and not guaranteed. The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Happy Thursday. I'm Leslie Marshall, and welcome or welcome back to not only the only true democracy in talk radio, but the fastest growing progressive radio talk show in the United States. And we have you to thank for that. Also, great guest joining us, like in this hour, Mr. Stan Johnson. Mr. Johnson's been on the program many times before, and it's good to have him back. He is the International Secretary Treasurer of the USW, the United Steel Workers Union. And Stan is the highest ranking USW official other than President Leo Girard, who pretty much has a fan club here. Uh, our listeners alone make up, I'm sure, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of hits uh, to his weekly contribution to the Huffington Post, which I'm proud to be a member of as well. Mr. Johnson's been on the show many times before, always a great guest and always informative. That's why we have the great folks at the USW here to give us facts in a world with a lot of fake news going on. More than a pleasure to have back in the house, Mr. Stan Johnson, International Secretary Treasurer of the USW. Mr. Johnson, thank you for joining us and taking time out of your busy schedule, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us on, Les. It's very much appreciated. Always a pleasure to have you with us, uh, Mr. Johnson. I also have a bit of a crush on your accent. I hope that's okay. I'm married, so I'm not, I'm not hitting on you there. Yeah, um, well, I can't shake that southern accent. I, it just sticks with me regardless of where I go. Well, I'm a Boston Yankee. If I have enough booze in me, you'd hear that coming out, the Boston accent. But I do have a, a thing for those uh, south of the border accents like you have. Mr. Johnson, in all seriousness, though, Democrats are coming under fire because many people are saying, look, I'm not going to vote for this Supreme Court nominee, Neil Gorsuch, that the president has put forth. There's even a talk of a filibuster. Uh, they're saying that th- this nominee needs a royal flush to even you know, win at this point and, and keep his seat. And this is not just about sour grapes with Merrick Garland. This is not just about Democrats saying poo-poo to anything the president uh, puts forth or Democrats, anything Republicans put forth. This is because this individual, if he were to become a part of this nine-member Supreme Court, the highest court in the land, is dangerous for the American people and even more specifically, very dangerous for the American worker, which many Uh, voted for this president, Donald Trump, to be in the position that he is in. Is it fair to say, Mr. Johnson, that this Supreme Court nominee is clearly, based on his track record, not a friend of working Americans? Oh, he's absolutely, Leslie, not a friend of working America. His record is pretty clear uh, that he has not taken positions in favor of workers. He doesn't even really know or understand what a worker is. He uh, was born into and, and remains a part of the uh, 1% elite. This is somebody also who has, if you, if you just look at, one of the things that I have to say 
Um, I'm a liberal Democrat. And when I heard Merrick Garland's name and did research on him when President Barack Obama nominated him uh, to the court uh, nearly, uh, a, a, you know, uh, j- just, uh, you know, a year ago now, uh, Judge Garland, a former federal prosecutor, 20-year veteran of the most important federal appeals court, arguably, he was more moderate than I thought, but I thought that was the right thing for President Barack Obama to do. He's certainly not only more moderate uh, than this nominee, he's more qualified. And, and, and that in, in itself, don't the American people, regardless of political ideology, want what's best for us? We want a moderate court. We want a balanced court that is not going to side with politics, but side with the best interest of the American people and the American voter. Certainly, we need a balanced court. We, we need people of, of all kinds and, and ilks to look at the law and try to apply it as it uh, exists, as it should exist today. The, the real problem uh, here is that Gorsuch is a Scalia-style originalist. He somehow believes that the uh, people that wrote the Constitution somehow knew and understood what everything that would happen in the future uh, on the date it was signed in uh, September 1787. Uh, you know, and there's no reasonable or practical application to the, to today's world. I mean. We're in a, in a world today that those original signers could have no clue. They could not have foreseen a global economy, the Internet, self-driving cars, for God's sake. I mean, there has to be a reasonable and practical application of the law in today's society, not the originalist uh, mentality that somehow these people were had, had the ability to see well uh, more than 200 years into the future. Another thing is if normally we look at, quote, normal times and, you know, our, uh, politically and with appointments to and nominations for the Supreme Court, you know, left will appoint left, right will appoint right. A Republican would appoint someone like this man. Uh, the problem is, is these are not normal times. Let's talk about specifics with regard to working families um, for, for filling the Supreme Court vacancy to get our nine court and to be the most reasonable, fair and, and moderate, dare I say court. Um, The court makes many decisions with regard to working families. They rule on whether people are paid properly for the time that we work. Um, Also, if we are out caring for somebody who is sick in our family, that we have a job to return to. Also, do we have safety measures in place? Are we safe on the job from harmful substances or from, you know, harmful behavior? Are we protected uh, from being fired illegally uh, when we choose to form unions? And if you look at the the record of this man, it is deeply troubling with regard to workers' treatment, workers' rights, and protections for the American worker, the working class, the middle class, the majority of the American people. Well, I think he is, without a doubt, as you said, um, there, there are huge issues with how he has uh, attempted to apply the law, uh, not necessarily successfully in all cases, uh, but he, he has, without doubt, erred on the side of corporations each and every single time that the circumstance arose, whether the individual had a right, as you said, whether it was pay or safety or whatever the circumstance was, or whether the corporation had the right. He's a corporatist and has always been a corporatist. Uh, The sad thing is, you know, he goes to Capitol Hill and he talks a lot and says, nothing. Uh, I mean, he's masterful in his ability to say so much 
and have so little said when he gets through. Are you surprised that when given the opportunity, President Trump could repair some of the the damage and the division um, among the American people that he promised to do to unite uh, by nominating a moderate candidate for the vacancy uh, that, you know, Justin Scalia left, obviously, with his death, and instead chose to select a very conservative judge from the Federal Court of Appeals for the Tenth Circuit. If you look at the jurisprudence and you look at the writing style um, of uh, that circuit, um, some would say they're even to the right in some areas of Justice Scalia, who, although very conservative, has ruled with the more left-leaning judges on certain issues in the past based on their con- based on the Constitution, which is what a Supreme Court judge is supposed to do. Well, you ask uh, if I was surprised. In all honesty, uh, I don't think I can be surprised anymore. Um, you know, the promise to drain the swamp, the promise to, to, you know, work for workers, to change the trade laws, to build the wall and have Mexico pay for it. Almost everything that has been promised has not been followed through on. Not that I agree with a whole lot of the promises that were made to begin with. But so to for me to say I'm surprised, no, I'm not surprised. Uh, I think um, I, I think what is, you know, he said what he said during the campaign, but he's surrounding himself with uh, insiders, insiders and Wall Street elites. Uh, and I think he is marching to their drum rather than, than marching to his own as he said he would when he was campaigning. I want you to speak, Mr. Johnson, to how much of an issue, how much trouble uh, this would be specifically for the public sector, labor unions, um, never mind, we look at environmental regulations, uh, women's access to contraception, those aside, but with regard to the public sector, labor unions, um, this type of appointee, and God forbid there be a second uh, appointee because, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is getting on an agent, so are some others. Uh, talk to us about how specifically this troubles the public sector labor unions. Well, as we all know, public, public sector labor unions are under uh, intense attack uh, from the Republican Party, uh, Republicans in individual states. They are trying to strip away their right to bargain collectively. They're trying to strip away their right to participate in a political process. They're trying to strip away their right to collect dues, to have the very rights of uh, forming a union. Uh, and, And his track record and his jurisprudence, as you uh, have stated, is is everything but in favor of those individuals uh, that have every right that every other uh, American citizen should have, uh, and that's the right to collectively bargain uh, and, you know, bargain with their employer over the terms and conditions in, in which they're employed. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Mr. Johnson. But when I say we, that is not just me, that's you as well. If you have a question, you have a comment, you have a concern about what the Democrats should do with regard to this nominee put forth by President Donald Trump, a very conservative nominee that will hurt so many of us who are working class, who are middle class, and the protections as workers that you not only have come to know and love and that unions fight for you to have, but quite frankly, I think we'd all agree, it is not just the right thing to do when we look at right and wrong, but the humane thing to do. We don't want to go backwards. And that's why I pride myself on calling myself a progressive. We want to progress 
right? We want to progress with, with technology, with the, the type of jobs that we have going forward. We don't want people to be hurt in the workplace. We don't want them to be hurt by an employer with regard to termination or stripped of pensions or health care benefits and not being paid properly, not being classified properly. We also certainly don't want anybody to be around hazardous material, and we want the right pay for a job that, quite frankly, union workers are better equipped to do because they're more qualified, they're highly trained, and they have the experience. We'll be back with Mr. Stan Johnson, International Secretary Treasurer of the USW. Follow the USW, or specifically President Leo Girard on Twitter, at USW Blogger. The website is USW.org. We're going to take a break. When we come back, if you want to join us, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Talk to us about this Supreme Court nominee. Thumbs up or down on this one. What are your feelings? What are your fears? And what should Democrats do? Talking with Mr. Johnson and you right after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Agree or disagree, Mr. Stan Johnson is in the House, International Secretary, Treasurer of the USW. Follow them on Twitter at USW Blogger. That's Leo Gerard's Twitter handle. And the website is USW.org. By the way, the USW is not the only union that has spoken out against this nomination of Neil Gorsuch. Uh, also, we have heard from the president of AFSME, Lee Saunders. We've heard from Richard Trumka of the AFL-CIO. And it's not just unions. There are many people out there, Mr. Johnson, I I think you would agree. All we have to do is Google videos from the campaign when Donald Trump said before he was president, he was going to stand up for working people and for their families. And the appointment of a Supreme Court justice is really an opportunity and a chance to demonstrate whether that was a promise that he wants to bring forth and be sincere about or whether that was a hollow campaign slogan, because we need a jurist who's open-minded, we don't need somebody ideological, we need somebody who respects the Constitution, and we need somebody, when you look at our Constitution, when you read our Constitution, that clearly says we need to safeguard the rights of all people, working people, not just the privileged and the powerful. And it's a concern to me, uh, thus far, there's a lot of privileged and powerful people, including Neil Gorsuch, who are on uh, President Donald Trump's list to, to make a part of his gang, if you will. But look, there's no doubt that he had an opportunity to do what he said he would do. Uh, he had an opportunity to bring someone forward that, at the end, I mean, the Supreme Court is the ultimate end point. Uh, that's where you go for final adjudication. That's where if you've won in court or if you've lost in court and you go through the appeal process, those are the, the people that make that final determination. And they make that final determination for everyone. They don't make it for the rich and the powerful. They're not supposed to make it for the rich and the powerful. They're not supposed to make it for, you know, just the poor uh, and the the disaffected. They're supposed to make it for everyone. And when you pick someone to go in onto that court 
then I think you you should step back and make a determination. Can this person and has this person, maybe more importantly, has this person represented everyone? Uh, I think that's the final determination, and I don't think uh, this nomination does that, and I don't think the Republicans trying to push this nomination through uh, speaks very highly of their opinion about everyone in the nation. I, I would agree. So much to talk about. You know, Leo Girard's piece for Huffington Post that comes out uh, every Monday, uh, I read it every Monday, and this one, and my producer and I were talking about this, um, This one, you can't read it without feeling something, because when you look at the record of Neil Gorsuch, uh, you talked about corporatist, right? And you talked about him favoring corporatist. Well, this isn't just your opinion. This is facts based on his record of not standing up for working men and women. And Leo Girard, president of the USW, in his blog this week, he gives three examples of the justice that was served up by Judge Gorsuch, and that should give any American, especially any working American, the majority of our Americans, concern. I want to take them one at a time. I know you're familiar with these, one of which is the case of a truck driver, a truck driver who was fired after nearly freezing to death in sub-zero cold temperatures in the truck cab that was unheated awaiting a mechanic. Can you speak to us about that case a bit more, Mr. Johnson? Look, this one is is astounding actually it's so egregious it's un- unbelievable that anyone uh would rule against this individual this individual's truck he had he stopped uh on the side of the road to get some directions uh his trailer brakes froze up it was like 27 i think below zero at the time his trailer brakes froze up he called into his dispatcher as he should have done and said look here I, i'm here my trailer broke brakes have frozen up I need a mechanic. The dispatcher says, fine, we'll get you someone out there uh, in an hour. Uh, Number one, he shouldn't have been driving a truck without a heater that was working. Uh, That should have been resolved far before he got out in 27 below temperatures by the company, Uh, but it wasn't. So he crawls up in the uh, back of his truck and, and bundles up in whatever he could find to bundle up in to try to stay warm. Now, Mr. Johnson, I, we're, we're going to a break. Hold that thought. This is a good cliffhanger because I want folks to hear more about what happened to this trucker. And to Mr. Johnson's point, heater wasn't working. Companies should have provided that. Who's going to go to bat for you? And what is a judge going to decide in a case like this? Well, we know how Judge Gorsuch ruled in the past. Do we want him on the highest court in the land? I think the answer is clear. We'll be back after this. Mr. Johnson, Stan Johnson, that is, International Secretary Treasurer of the USW. Every Monday in the Huffington Post, President Leo Girard has a great blog. You should read it. We provide it on our website. There's a link to it on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, Instagram, everywhere. We talk about it here, and we're talking about um, the connection uh, that was written about because there were just uh, so many examples, three of which President Girard has pointed out in a piece entitled A Soulless Man Cannot Serve Justice. And he starts his piece with the senator's question was simple and straightforward, what would you have done? 
We are talking about three instances, uh, each of them horrific. And what we were talking about before the break with Mr. Johnson is the case of a truck driver who was in his truck, the cab of his truck, with no heat, working in sub-zero, what, 27 below, I think you said, Mr. Johnson? 29, I think. Yeah, wow, unbelievable uh, temperatures. And Mr. Johnson was telling us uh, about this case involving the truck driver. Please continue, Mr. Johnson. Thank you. Okay. Mr. Madden climbed into the back of his, uh, the cab of his truck, trying to stay warm until the uh, mechanic arrived. Uh, like I said, it was uh, 29 below outside, I think is what this, how the story goes. Uh, maybe up to 16 below inside the cab of the truck. Uh, he goes to sleep. He gets a phone call from a, a relative, uh, wakes him up. It's been two hours, two and a half hours. Uh, he is now suffering uh, symptoms of hypothermia, uh, turning blue, you know, a bit confused. He gets on the uh, radio, calls the dispatcher again and says, look, no one's here. You know, I'm, I'm freezing to death. I, you know, something's got to be done. And they said, he said, you know, I can't stay out here. They essentially said, you either stay out there or you drag the trailer with trailer brakes frozen uh, to, the, to the next stop. Uh, so, so Mr. Madden had two choices at that point. He either endangers his own life by staying out there in sub-zero temperatures, or he endangers the, the public safety by pulling a trailer onto the road with the trailer brakes locked and sliding the tires down the road, barely moving, risking the fact that someone hits him and, and, get, and someone gets killed. So he makes a reasonable uh, decision and says, okay, I'm not going to freeze to death, and I'm not going to try, try not to kill someone else. So he unhooks his trailer from the cab of his truck. He drives down the road until he finds a place that he can get in and warm up. He stops. He gets in. He warms up. He stays just long enough to warm up. He gets back in the cab of his uh, truck, drives back to where he left the trailer, off the road, not in the road, uh, and pulls back in. The mechanic's there. He goes ahead. They fix the trailer brakes, get the trailer brakes loosened up. He goes on and makes his deliveries. This company fires him. Uh, And Gorsuch then ruled that the company had every right to fire him. Imagine that. I've got a choice between hurting some or you know, harming public, the public by dragging a trailer down the road with the brakes frozen up on it, or I've got a choice of freezing to death. And because I made one of those two choices, either one of them, uh, then I'm either going to die or be fired. It's, it's just absurdity. Also, when you look at this case, there were others that actually uh, sided with uh, Mr. Madden, who was still in the uh, prime of his life at the time, 48 years of age when he was driving that truck, uh, um, you know, from the Detroit area. And, you know, this is part of the problem. You talked about corporatists. You talked about power. You talked about privilege. Uh, Neil Gorsuch was born and bred a one percenter. He can't identify with the majority of Americans. He couldn't even remember when asked by the senator, what would you have done regarding this specific case? He said, quote, I don't know, even though he had provided a dissenting opinion, like you said, and ruled with, again, corporatist and not a human being. Uh, I think that case alone should disqualify him for a seat on the nation's highest court. But, of course, uh, there are other uh, cases. Any more that you want to say about this particular case, Mr. Uh, Johnson, look, before any, we take any, Anyone that's going to sit on the Supreme Court should have a higher regard for human life, period. Yes. This, this was a circumstance where either this individual was going to freeze to death 
or this individual is going to put other people significantly at risk by, by using a hazardous piece of equipment on the highway. There, there is no middle ground here. There is no way to justify. There is no uh, simple explanation. This is just a disregard for human life. It is. There's no que- no question about it. it uh, it's a soulless man, as President Gerard called it uh, in his blog, in his piece. Let's take some calls before we talk about a couple of other examples. Uh, let's go to Ishmael on line two in Manassas, Virginia. Ishmael, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Question or comment for Mr. Johnson? Yes, Leslie. Thanks so much for taking my call and greeting to you guys uh, both. You know, go, you know, this Supreme Court nominee is basically was presented by the Petro billionaires, the Mercer family, all these billionaires. He's nothing but a judge for millionaires and billionaires, and, and there's the reason why they had him in there, so he can side in any case with them. One case that really troubled me is the situation where a police officer in Denver uh, shot a man who was running away in the head. He tased him, and the man died. And the judge basically gave immunity to the police officer, and he, told, and he said that he's not liable at all. So this is the worst judge that you can ever have in the Supreme Court, and, and it's a position where he's going to be there for life, and, and it's just not, and I'm very disappointed. And he never answered any questions clearly during the hearing. He never gave a clear answer, and I, I don't even know what his position is right now. Uh, okay, thank you for that, Ishmael. Mr. Johnson, did you want to comment? Look, I think it's another disregard for human life, uh, and, and I think he's absolutely right. Uh, as I said when we opened this, uh, he talked a lot and and was very masterful in saying nothing. And, and I think uh, a lot of people walked away from listening to, to that hearing wondering where he really stood on anything and, and not knowing. Uh, Ishmael, thank you for that. Let's take another, and we go to Reggie in Decatur, Georgia, on line three. Reggie, good afternoon. Question or comment for Mr. Johnson? Well, I have a question for your your guest, Mr. Johnson. So how do you think that the Democrats should oppose against having Neil Gorsuch as the Ninth Circuit judge, despite possibly incurring Donald Trump's wrath? Because if they stand, you know, they stand to oppose him, you know he's going to attack them. Well, okay, Re- Reggie, that, that is a good question. Let me expand on that. First of all, it's not Ninth Circuit. It would be the Ninth Seat and the Supreme Court, the highest court in the land. As Ishmael pointed out, this is a tenured position. The only way you leave is if you quit or you die. Um, you can't you know, really be fired uh, from that position. Uh, Mr. Johnson, there are those that say Democrats shouldn't filibuster. I'm sure you've heard the conversations this time. Wait for the next one because the next nominee may even uh, be worse. Do you have any thoughts to that, to uh, Reggie's question? Look, I believe that you have to look at each nominee from a principled position. And I think if you look at Neil Gorsuch from a principled position, you can't support. If I, I don't believe in gamesmanship. I don't believe in it might get worse. I believe that, that every, uh, every senator has an obligation to look at the individual and make that principled determination and if they, you know, if, if it turns into a filibuster, then so be it. Uh, you know, it's sad that Republicans claim obstructionism when they did what they did with Merrick Garland. It's just uh, absurd to even, I would be ashamed to say it. Uh, you know, they, they wouldn't even hold a hearing. And now they're, they're saying that somehow the Democrats are trying to be obstructionist. I think the Democrats 
should, as everyone else should, look at the individual, look at the record of the individual, look at what you believe that individual will do for people, uh, for the citizenry, and then make your determination based upon that. And I think if they do, they will probably end up with a filibuster. Let's continue with stories, because we heard about the police officer from Ishmael. We were talking about uh, Mr. Madden um, in, in that truck. Um, let's talk about another situation uh, between this is a lawyer and college professor who actually suffered breast cancer and then leukemia, fired for not returning to work despite advice from her doctor not to risk exposure um, to outside illnesses uh, like flu, of which there was an epidemic on campus because her immune system would be compromised. It wasn't strong enough to handle that. Can you speak to us about this case? Yeah, you know, each one just as bad, if not worse, than 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 the prior. When we just start listing, and these are only just a few examples. Ishmael uh, listed a fourth, but this is the second one listed in President Gerard's piece uh, for Huffington Post. Right. Look, it's it's hard to say which is the most egregious because they are all so egregious. Uh, this lady, Miss Wang, had uh, was a lawyer and a college professor, as you said, had been being treated for breast cancer and then leukemia following, uh, which is not that unusual. Some In some cases, I think there are some uh, forms of uh, treatment for breast cancer that create a circumstance of leukemia. They, they, her time to be off was up. She was supposed to come back to work. The doctor said, look, your immune system is depleted. Uh, there is a flu epidemic on campus. You don't need to go. Uh, she did what any, again, logical person would do and said, look, I've, I've fought a battle against cancer. I'm winning, and I am not going to put my life at risk by being immediately exposed to flu. The university fired her, and guess what? Gorsuch, Gorsuch upheld it. Uh, another, I mean, it's just unbelievable, actually, to me. And, 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 and the last one from uh, President Gerard's blog on, at Huffington Post every Monday, this involved an autistic child. And Judge Neil Gorsuch said it was okay for a school district to provide instruction to special needs children that resulted in improvement so trivial as it was barely able to be measured. And this, I know there are a lot of people out there who have children that have uh, various types of physical or mental handicaps. They're concerned, you know, about him, and especially because you already have Betsy DeVos on board. But then when you add him, uh, you know, onto the court, the highest court in the land, you know, many people feel that all the progress that has been made uh, in the public school system for children that, you know, uh, live with and suffer from something like autism, uh, that, that that this would be beyond a giant step uh, backward. Uh, can you speak to us about this case? I'm a mom. I have two children, eight and nine, and I just I just shake my head at these things. Look, I, I can't. I can't get my head around uh, a judge saying that it is okay to be pr- provide some educational opportunity, uh, I think merely more than de minimis is how it was termed. Uh, look, we're only as good as a nation, as only a good a nation as we care to be. As we have an obligation, all of us have an obligation to take care of the least of us. Uh, and who in this country, uh, and there are a few, sadly enough, who in this country could be so heartless as to not care that a child with a disability 
received an educational opportunity that could change their life forever. Uh, I, it, some of these things uh, are, are just so horrific and so egregious that you can't imagine anyone, regardless of whether they were a judge or, or you know, a common man, uh, looking at this and coming up with these kind of determinations. And interestingly enough, the eight Supreme Court members right now unanimously have disagreed with Neil Gorsuch on that very case. Yeah, of, uh, imagine of, that. Right, yeah. of that autistic child, Andrew F. And those are some right-leaning, just to short how far right-leaning uh, this guy is. Chief Justice John G. Roberts Jr. wrote that a school district has a duty under the law to provide such children like children with autism, with an educational program that is reasonably calculated to enable them to make progress and that the program must be appropriately ambitious, completely contrary to Gorsuch's ruling. We'll be back with Mr. Stan Johnson. Mr. Stan Johnson is second in command at USW. Back with him, back with you. You have questions, call us now, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. More about this disastrous potential ninth court member to the highest court in the land. Don't go away. Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. USW.org during our breaks. Go right now and follow President Leo Gerard on Twitter at USW Blogger. We're talking to the second in command right under President Gerard, Mr. Stan Johnson. He is International Secretary Treasurer of the USW. He has been since 2009, and the reason he continues is because he does a great job. And one of the things he is talking about with us today is uh, it's all under the umbrella of President Trump's nomination of Judge Neil Gorsuch to the highest court in the land as number nine and why this would be, uh, you know, really, if you will, fatal, and I'm not exaggerating, uh, to to many American workers and to the American people. Uh, We had a poll that we were and have been running that continues to go. Uh, The question was, does Trump's nomination of Neil Gorsuch show he was being dishonest when saying he'd prioritize working Americans? 82% say Trump is full of it, 18% say no, Trump cares about workers. Would that break down, uh, oh, by the way, it's now up to 85% say Trump is full of it. W- would that break down uh, be those that you talk to, Mr. Johnson, among those uh, in unions like the USW? I, I think so. Um, I, I, but, but the problem with the whole process is people have to dig deep. They have to They have to listen to more than the general answers uh, that he tried to give, the so-called truisms uh, that, that he answered with by, and really not giving an answer at all. So just listening to the hearing 
is, is not sufficient to make a determination. I think you have to dig a bit deeper, and, and I think uh, most people in labor have that propensity and do dig deeper. And, and most people, as you said, uh, that are progressive, I think, tend to look for the truth and, and dig a bit deeper and try to make a determination based upon knowledge. I want to give a little shout out and props to the Democrats who I thought were more prepared um, for um, that hearing and, 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 you know, regarding the nomination of uh, Neil Gorsuch. I thought their questions were excellent. Uh, despite all of that, U.S. Senate, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has said the Senate would have a final vote uh, next week on April 7th. Uh, for the Supreme Court nominee, Donald Trump's uh, first Supreme Court nominee, and hopefully his last, uh, Neil Gorsuch. Uh, Democrats are even more and more opposing his confirmation. There is even talk um, of a filibuster. And, and quite frankly, like, you know, you had said we need to look beyond the hearings. But even if you just look at the hearings and the questions that were asked and questions he couldn't answer or, uh, you know, justify his decisions and rulings in the past on I, I, I think that we see why the Democrats want to block uh, a confirmation vote. Um, and, of course, McConnell will have to decide if he you know, moves quickly to change the rules uh, and even if he has enough votes to do so, which we'll talk about in a second. But, um, you know, again, you said go beyond the hearings, but just the hearings alone. Um, you know, Gorsuch did not deliver in his answers to the questions posed, especially questions posed by the Democrats. Would you agree? I don't think he answered anything honestly. Uh, uh, I didn't mean anything honestly, but any, I don't think he answered anything, in my opinion. Uh, he dodged the question on campaign finance reform. He dodged the question on gerrymandering. He dodged the, the, the discussions on discriminations, uh, discrimination on religious freedom claims. He, uh, he certainly dodged the question on, on women's rights. Uh, but he has a history, and if you go back and look at the history and you go back and look at these three or four egregious things that we've talked about with the police officer and, and the uh, truck driver and the college professor and, and the autistic child, you, you very quickly get an understanding of, of who this individual is. And, and I just can't imagine how anyone in, with a good conscience uh, could put someone like that on the high court. Mr. Johnson, as you know, uh, Judge Gorsuch needs uh, 60 votes to clear the procedural hurdle that's required of a high court confirmation in the Senate. Republicans hold just 52 seats. They may not even have the votes in a chamber that's deeply divided along partisan lines. Some Republicans say they're not going to uh, vote for him. Republicans are saying, however, that they have the votes to choose the nuclear option. That would be to change the rules, allow the confirmation, and by the way, other confirmations after it. Not to put you on the spot, Mr. Johnson, we are not in Vegas, but take out your crystal ball and in less than the six 60 seconds in a sentence or two, what do you predict is going to happen? I predict uh, that we will have a filibuster. Uh, I think it's the appropriate thing for those with a good conscience to do, and I think that uh, they will probably invoke the nuclear option. You know what? I'm going to uh, double down on your bet alongside you there, Mr. Johnson. Unfortunately, I think you are correct in that. Thank you for taking the time, a lot of time, an hour out of your very busy schedule. I appreciate it. And all of our listeners do worldwide. Mr. Stan Johnson, International Secretary Treasurer of the United Steelworkers Union. Follow. President Gerard, the only person above Mr. Johnson at the USW, at USW Blogger. The website is USW.org. I'm Leslie Marshall. Always more to come on the only true democracy in talk radio.